Welcome to the Be Real, Get Real podcast from Women's Prosperity Network. Real women sharing real stories about their ups, their downs, their journey, and their transformations. Through these stories, we'll explore what it takes to have the courage to speak your truth, follow your passion, and be the change you want to see in the world. And now, let's get started with today's show. And officially, welcome to the Be Real, Get Real podcast. I am your host, Nancy Matthews, and I'm one of the founders of Women's Prosperity Network. And we put this particular series together as a way for some extraordinary women to share their story of kind of how they got to be where they are now and what they're doing. And today I have the privilege of um, interviewing and introducing you to Kathy Pendleton, who Oh my gosh, Kathy, how far do we go back? Seven, eight years, something like that? It's a long time. Something like that. Yeah, it's a long yeah. time. And, and I've seen and watched your evolution and unfoldment over the years. And today we're going to be talking with Kathy about what she's now doing and the unexpected way that passion reveals itself, especially for Kathy when you hear her stories. Let me share a little bit about her background. So Kathy Pendleton is a best-selling author, award-winning international speaker, and compassionate patient advocate. She's especially dedicated to teaching adults with health concerns to confidently participate in their medical decision-making and form effective partnerships with their medical teams. Her 20-plus years of experience in caring for family members asking endless questions and learning how the medical system works from a patient perspective have really strengthened her resolve that we as family members can make a huge positive difference in the care and recovery of ourselves and our loved ones. And you can learn more about Kathy and all she's up to in the ways that she serves at getthecareyoudeserve.com. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, and it's a delight to have you. So this area of you know patient advocacy, one of the things that came up as I was reading through your bio is, I know I was raised in an environment where whatever the doctor said, that's the way it is. You don't ask the doctor's questions. It's kind of like, don't question your authority, <laughs> you know, but we have to, it's our health. So share with our audience how this came about for you to set you on this path of what you're now doing? So maybe um, for me, let me put it that way. For me, what I noticed was that things happened that I, around the health of my family members that I wasn't, I wasn't happy about, I was concerned about. It raised concerns. And that attitude that I was also raised with, that opinion, that way of behaving with the medical team, it made me feel helpless. Mm. I didn't like that feeling that there was just nothing I could do. There, was, there, were, there were ways I could make 
them feel better, increase their comfort, mm -hmm. that was pretty much the extent of it. That was pretty much the extent of it. Who was it that you were caring for that really brought this to light? Um, you know, I, I remember, uh, actually, I wasn't caring for them. I remember when my mother's mother passed away, I wasn't 10 yet. Mm. And, and uh, she had a massive heart attack and, and passed away. And she had been, she hadn't been quite feeling well. I think my mom talked to her every day. She hadn't been feeling well. She had been feeling indigestion for about a week. And I remember my mother saying, I knew that was a sign of a heart attack. I knew that. Why didn't I think of it? Um, it, it wasn't something that stuck with me at the time. It wasn't something that made me say, wow, I can make a difference and then go out and start doing things. I mean, I was 10, right? Nine, something and, like that. And I love that you're sharing this because you didn't recognize it as a piece of the puzzle to your passion at the time, but it clearly was. Not at all, right. Yeah, but Not it clearly was. And, and I think that's something we can all take a look at. Where have we been? What are the experiences that rocked us? Or, you know, all these years back, what are the things that rocked you and got you feeling passionate, upset, angry, or really happy? Because I think those are clues to where your passion lies and your purpose. Exactly. Mm -hmm. This went on. So I had, there was an incident with my mother-in-law where uh, the ultimate thing that happened was that pain medication had not been ordered for her room, for her on the floor, when she came out of back surgery. She was in horrible pain. I'm, I'm reminded of the movie Steel Magnolias and Shirley MacLaine screaming, my daughter needs her medicine. Like, was that, right. that's the experience you were in, right? Like, where is this pain medication? How did this happen? Yeah, I did that. It, it wasn't effective, not nearly as effective for me as it was for Shirley MacLaine, but, it's at the same time, um, they didn't call the security squad on me. And um, I went back to my mother-in-law's room. And thanks to, it was before I knew you, but still, thanks to training, like the training in WPN, I had been through enough guided meditations that that's what I did for my mother-in-law. Oh, that's beautiful. I, took her to a place of peace and calm and no pain and comfort. And she went to sleep. Wow. I didn't know this piece of the story. That's fantastic. I, I was, I, I, let me tell you, I was terrified to do that. My in-laws were not woo-woo people. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Is he going to think I'm doing something weird and tell me to stop or because my father-in-law was there too. And at the end of it, he said, I didn't know you could do that. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? And, and here's what's interesting is that 
it didn't matter because the traditional way of bringing her pain relief wasn't happening. He was willing and open to explore something else. And that's, that's beautiful. Um, so cool. I didn't know that. So, so let me kind of fast forward us just a little bit. And now you are really committed to working with people so that when they're in a situation of crisis or something happens, it's almost too late to do something about it when you're in the middle of the crisis. Right. So um, actually there's plenty you can do. Okay. Of the crisis. Yeah. But if I know what I need to know what those things are before I get into the crisis. It's true. It's true. Absolutely. And those are things you can know. Yes. You know, those, those are things you can do because mistakes happen all the time. Medical error is, in fact, according to a study by Johns Hopkins that was published in 2016, is the third leading cause of death in the United States and in Canada, by the way. Um, third, third, right behind cancer and heart disease. So it's horrifying for us that we're putting our hands, our lives in the hands of these professionals that we have been raised to trust, mm -hmm. that we do feel are experts and we're not. Well, and, and I love the, the approach you take to this because the, our medical team, you know, our medical workers, they are experts. They are our saviors. They're there helping us. They're on the front lines as we all know. And what I love about the way you've positioned this is we become a team together. It's not me against, it's how can we work together? Because the more I understand about the process and the more the medical team understands about me, that's gonna bring about the best outcome for success. And, and let's, I do wanna say our medical workers, they're our heroes. We need them and they need us to work in tandem with them, right? Correct. Absolutely. And they come into our rooms even when we're crabby and not feeling well and complaining and, and, they're, and they're back, you know, half an hour later, they're back the next morning. They still come into work. Yeah. You know, they do. So what are some of the things that you might suggest that we do now? Like, so somebody might be watching this who's in the middle of dealing with some type of health crisis and, and or medical emergency. And we know this to be true. And my prayer is that somebody watching this, if you're sitting like in a waiting room and you come upon this, that it brings you some relief with some ways that you can step into your power and partner with your medical team. So what kind of suggestions do you offer for someone in that situation or prior to that to be best prepared? So the scary things that we hear are um, about hospital-acquired infections. That's one of the very scary things that we hear about being in a hospital at all. And cleanliness is the most, most important way to avoid spreading contagion infection when you're in the hospital. And the most important way to do that... I would know you were going to say... Your hands. So simple. Yeah. We've all heard a lot about washing our hands. How many times have you been in the hospital room with a loved one or a friend and seen a caregiver, a part of the medical team, come into the room and go right straight to the bed 
and not, you don't see them wash your hands. You don't know whether they did or not. So um, it is the most important thing. And at the same time, the CDC says that over 50% of the medical professionals at any one time do not wash their hands when they should or really as they should over 50%. It's a scary thing. Wow. I had, and my recollection of, I'm trying to like search my memory of all the times I've been with people in the hospital. Most of my memory is that the first thing they do when they come in is wash their hands. So there used to be a sink. Yeah. Be a sink in the room, not only in the, in the bathroom that's in the room. Yeah. In the room itself. So that's one of the things that we can do is just observe and ensure that when somebody comes in before they touch the patient, they wash their hands. And then you got to figure out how to say that. Right, right. Then you got to figure out how to say that because that's what I found. Uh, am I really going to challenge this person? Really? I'm going to be the one that says, hey, would you mind washing your hands? So, so I would say you can say something like, uh, I know you've probably already done this a couple of dozen times today, but would you mind washing your hands so that we know in front of us or here now so we can be sure that it's been done? It would just relieve a lot of anxiety for us. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Good. Okay. So that's one thing. That's one thing step into um, a little bit more control or certainty and ease some of those concerns. What about, you know, in terms of medications and things like that, like I don't understand what any of these medications are or do or how they interact because I, I know that's another challenge is the way certain medications interact. Can well, that's the fourth leading cause of death. No, wow. States. Medication errors. Mm -hmm. um, and the medications today, you know, they're actually, they're very directed. They're very strong. There are a number of interactions. I watched something on TV the other day, and I was boggled about the processes of the body that they were interacting with in order to achieve an effect. It was amazing. Wow. So anyway, um, yes, it's important to recognize, to it's important to know what medications you're taking. Mm -hmm. It's important to know why you're taking them. And I would say in this world where a lot of people are doing some holistic remedies, I think you also need to let them know if you're doing any kind of oils, roots, supplements, because those could have an effect on whatever medication. And I think that's Absolutely. an important It's true. I take thyroid medication. Mm -hmm. Steroid interacts with dairy. I'm not supposed to drink anything with milk in it. Actually, I'm not supposed to eat either, but I'm not supposed to drink anything with milk in it for an hour after I take that medication. Really? See, I didn't know that. I'm on thyroid medication. I just learned and There that. you go. Yeah, I know. It means you've got to postpone your coffee in the morning or wake yourself up at 5 a.m. to take that meds. I drink black. I'm all good there. <laughs> but the thing is that you, you can ask. Right when somebody comes in, um, here's the thing: once you get it inside you, there's not a whole lot you can do. Mm -hmm. It's gonna do what it's gonna do, whatever that is. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing a really good checklist for when I should go in the hospital or somebody I know is in the hospital, make sure they wash their hands. Um, know the medications. Like we should be writing this down in advance. It should be something that's in our wallet, perhaps, because who, you know, accidents happen, emergencies happen. Mm-hmm. Have whatever medications you're on inside your wallet. I think that's a valuable thing. And then um, what about there? There's a lot of people who don't have an, an advocate for them or they don't even know that they should be asking certain questions or taking certain actions. What kind of suggestions do you have for that scenario? So being sick, either at home or in the hospital, going into a doctor's office, in a nursing home, at an urgent care center, it doesn't matter. If you're sick, um, you don't have all your wits about you, right? You're feeling bad anyway. If you're in a lot of pain, that's more your focus than what the doctor's saying. It's important, if you can, to take an advocate with you, to take a friend, a family member, someone who can help you remember what's been said, who can do the driving. And who can ask questions that you won't think of because you're in the middle of all your physical ailments as well as your emotional things that you're going through. So find, ask somebody for help. Ask Ask somebody for help. Um, Definitely. And the other thing is take notes, write it down. How many times have we come out of the doctor's office or have we been in a hospital at 630 in the morning and then the the team leaves and, oh man, I meant to ask him that. Yeah. So write the questions down and notes on the answers. Plus I'm, something just came to mind. Have you ever gone in for a consult or the doctor's office or, you know, if you're in the hospital, do they let you record their answers? Probably not, right? You know, I asked a doctor in their office once if I could. Mm-hmm. The answer was no. Um, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. If they well, say- probably worried about, you know, this litigious society we live in rather than saying, yes, I'm going to share this with you. You can record it. People are so um, quick to blame others and, you know. I wasn't successful. I mean, I think you can make a case for it, especially, you know, if you're taking your child to the doctor and you're going to, at the end of the day, you're going to wind up reporting back to your spouse if you're married or your sister or your mom, you know, about what went on at the doctor's office. And it's a big help to remember. The other thing about it is that the priorities are different. Sometimes there are trade-offs. So, you know, everybody has a different concept of what the priority of this aspect of your treatment is or that aspect of your treatment is. And if you're uncertain, you can call the doctor's office or, you know, you can make a value judgment on you know, well, today I can do this, but I can't quite do that. And I'm talking about treatment levels. I'm not talking about whether or not to take your medication. Right. But how much rest am I going to get? You know, what am I going to do instead to be sure that I stay in recovery, right, on the recovery path rather than relapse or something? Lots of considerations. And I I really encourage you to reach out to Kathy 
um, now before something happens so that you can be best prepared to get the care you deserve. And you can go to her website, getthecareyoudeserve.com for that. Uh, as, as we're wrapping up, and I thank you for taking the time to be with us today, Kathy. As we're wrapping up, how is it that, that you actually created a business out of this? Like, so you saw something that wasn't, you know, going well, you had your own experience with it, you saw others. And so how did you come to create a business from this? I started, you know, I, I, whenever I talk to people about this, they all say, oh my goodness, you know what happened to me? Mm. You know, or that's so important, or we need to know more about this. So we all, and, and it's not like it's a, you know, it's, oh man, let me tell you what happened. No, it's not that level of emotion behind it. It's, there's a lot of passion behind it and a lot of, um, there's a lot of trauma behind it and a lot of emotion. The other thing is that as we get older and as our parents get older, there's a huge amount of concern about how they're going to work with their lives, continue with their lives. Well, it becomes more and more likely the frequency of being somehow involved in the medical system increases, the likelihood increases. So, so as you heard people telling you stories when you begin talking about it, you saw an obvious need that you could fill. Yes. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so Kathy, again, thank you for being with us. And any final words that you want to share with our audience? So someone who's out there who's maybe not sure what direction to go in or how they can better partner with their medical team. Any suggestions, final words? I do. So the doctors have years of training and expertise and practice, you know, interacting with people. But what we have, what our area of expertise is, our own bodies, Mm. the bodies of our loved ones. We've had equivalent years of experience in knowing them, in knowing how they behave when they're in pain or when they're sick and when they're getting well. We know that. And we know their allergies, their sensitivities, without having to look at a chart to find them. That's our superpower right? We have that. And that's important to know in the treatment and care of disease or injury. Love it. Love it. So know those things, convey them to your medical team and really partner with them to get the care you deserve. Kathy, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It's not an easy path. And I'm sure there's lots of adversity and challenge along the way, but I really honor your commitment and your courage to carve out this space so that we all can get the care we deserve. I love you, my friend. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure and my purpose. And that is the purpose of Women's Prosperity Network and the Be Real, Get Real podcast is to bring stories to life that support you in living your best life, feeling your best, so that you can go out and bring your positive impact to the world. So thank you for joining us for the Be Real, Get Real podcast. Until next time, make it an amazing day. Bye, Kathy. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for joining us on the Be Real, Get Real podcast from Women's Prosperity Network, the place where impact-driven women shine as they make a positive difference for their families, their communities, and the world at large. Be sure to visit womensprosperitynetwork.com to tap into the power, resources, and connections this extraordinary community provides. That's it for today. I'm your host, Nancy Matthews, and until next time, make it a magical day.